give you praise on today. We thank you for being our Lord. We thank you for being our Savior. God, we thank you for being the most high God. We thank you for being all sufficient. We thank you for being all knowing. We thank you for being all powerful. God, we thank you for being here right now, God. We thank you, God, that you are a present help in a time of trouble. We thank you, God, that you are a healer. You are our deliverer. God, you are everything that we need. God, you are the great I am that I am. And God, we just love on you today. We glorify you. We magnify you. We lift you up because God, you are high and you're lifted up. God, you are above every name. So we call on that name, God, because at that name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. And father, right now in the name of Jesus, I break the power of darkness that's lingering and lurking right now in the name of Jesus. I break the power of darkness in Jesus name. Cause where there is light, it overcomes darkness in the name of Jesus. Let there be light in Jesus name. God, we thank you and we praise you. And I pull down every stronghold right now in the name of Jesus and every mind-boggling spirit in this place. Every spirit of deception, every spirit of witchcraft, I break your power right now in the name of Jesus. And God, we thank you and we praise you right now in Jesus' name. And God, as I open my mouth to go forth, I thank you that you have already filled it in Jesus' name. I thank you that you have already given me the tongue of the learned, that I may speak a word in season to those that are weary. God, I thank you and I praise you, God, that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives on the inside of me. And you shall get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. And I break that spirit of anxiety. Right now, in the name of Jesus, that's coming from the root of fear. In Jesus' name, you go right now in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Open your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 24. And we want to hear what the Lord has to say on today. And remember, it is him that is going to do the speaking through me. I'm just his instrument. So we want to honor him and not me. Amen. Because everything that we do, we want to do it unto the Lord because it's not about us. It's all about him. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 24. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Don't go to John. Amen. The word of God now reads. Now the first day of the week. Very early in the morning, they came unto the sculpture, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sculpture. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout. Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee? 
saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words and returned from the sculpture and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. You may be seated. I want to talk about God is not dead. He is alive. And the things that I'm going over today, some people might already be aware of, but things that we are aware of, we should be living. When you are aware of something, you should live like you are aware. It's one thing to know about Jesus, because you can read in the word of God and know about him. But my question is, do you know him? Do you really have a relationship with him that when things come up in your life, you know it's not about me. It's all about what he's done for me. We have to get to a point in our lives that we have to be crucified on a daily basis. Me, myself, and I have to die just the way that Jesus died to himself. When we look in the beginning of this, It said, now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning. I don't know if some of y'all know about them very early in the morning. Very early in the morning when your eyes pop open before you think they should, when you want to get a little more rest in. Hallelujah. But they pop open. Have you recognized they could be popping open for a reason? And maybe God's saying, I want to speak with you. I want to spend some time with you. There's something that I want to share with you. Before you go into work or before you get ready about your day, I want to speak to you. So this was very early in the morning. Y'all, things happen in the wee hours of the morning. And we want to be ready at all times to have our listening ears on to hear what the Father has to say. So when our eyes pop open, we can say, yes, Lord, your servant is listening. So it was early in the morning and it said that, They came unto the sculpture, and they was coming to the sculpture with the spices that they had prepared. These spices that they had prepared, they prepared it because they know when a body is dead, it would have an odor. It would stink. So they had prepared the spices. So as you see here, they were not looking for him to be risen. And I'm going to say this. Some of us today been born again for 20, 30, 40 years and still don't know he's risen. They were looking for a awful smell. Sometimes in our lives, we gravitate more to the bad than the good. God is about life. He's not about death. The more you talk death, that's what you're going to have in your life. And they were looking for the dead. They were prepared. They even bought what they needed to prepare themselves for that odor. How many of us prepare things in advance just in case? It's okay to prepare, but we don't prepare without Jesus. We can't leave him out of anything that we do. You know, a man devised his ways in his heart. He devised those ways. But the preparation of the heart belongs to God. So we can plan our way, but we need to let God direct our steps. And I want to tell you this. God is not going to leave us out of what he's doing. The only way we're left out is because we choose to be left out. Because we choose to believe something or someone more than we believe God. 
And when we make it about that something or someone more than we make it about God, then that's what we're going to gravitate to. When you make it about a man or a woman or your children or your animals or your home or your cars, that's what you're going to gravitate to. Those are the things that you're going to spend most of your time meditating on and premeditating on what I should do or how I should do it. So when they came to this sculpture, they were prepared for that odor. But then when they got there, they found the stone rolled away from the sculpture. They found it rolled away. Look at what was happening here. They were prepared for an odor, but when they got there, the stone was rolled away. Now see, this stone that was up there, no mere man could have moved it. Because they sealed that grave. Where they're saying, you know, he said he's going to rise again. So we got to make sure that this grave is so secure that he cannot come out of this grave. Let me tell y'all something. The enemy is working so hard to get you bound down with strongholds which start in your mind. He want to capture you in your mind so much that a psychiatrist can't roll it away. I want you to understand what the enemy is doing. He starts when you're in the womb. When your parent, when your mother is carrying you, he put thoughts in the mother's mind and the baby began to feed off of the mother. See, he know what he's doing. So when that child come out, that child already heard some stuff that was already talked about that didn't make no sense. But they gravitated upon what they heard in that womb. If you parted, if you cussed, whatever you did while you was carrying that child, you subject your child to that. So the enemy know, even though you accept Jesus, I got some stuff on you. And our problem is, some of us don't want to get rid of the stuff. So this is what was going on, that stone was big and it was heavy. A mere man could not have moved the stone. The only one that could do that was God. Y'all got to understand about this resurrection. You couldn't save yourself. The only one that could move the stone was God. So the stone was moved. They went in there and guess what? To their surprise, there was nobody. Nobody there. And then it goes on to say, and it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout. Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. We know those were the angels. But then I like what they said here. And they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth. And this is what they said. Why seek the living amongst the dead? And this is what God is telling me. Why are we seeking dead things? God is about life. Why are you going back on your past life? Why are you going back on your hurts and your pains and shoulda, coulda, or woulda? When you got life on the inside of you that you're supposed to be gravitating to, but you're so stuck on you. Why seek the living? Why seek the, what is it? The living among the dead. So this is what he was saying. And God began to 
Say this. He's not here. He has risen. So see, before I can get to that risen part, let me tell you about death. Let me tell you about what was going on with Jesus before he risen. See, this is our problem. None of us want to go through nothing. I know I don't. But when I know what he already been through, I don't have to stay in that place as long. None of us want to go through no pain. We don't want to go through no hurt. We don't want to go through nothing. But I'm telling you, as long as you're here on this earth, you're going to go through something. But he made a way where we don't have to go through it by ourselves. So let me tell you about death. I want to talk about Jesus dying first for our sins because I don't think that's reality. Before I get to the risen part, we have to understand what he done. When you come to know really what he done, you will recognize why am I doing something that he's already done for me? Why am I holding on to something that he took for me? Come on, if somebody, I'm not going to get ahead. Go with me to Romans 4.25. It says, who was delivered for our offenses? And was raised again for our justifications. Now I can't even go to the part of being raised yet. Until I understand what Jesus did. It said who was delivered. That means he was handed over. Jesus was handed over. He was delivered over for what? For our transgressions. For our iniquities. For our misdeeds. He was handed over for our sins. Do y'all get that hour in there? It didn't have nothing to do with him. It had to do with us. Jesus was handed over for our sins. A sin is when you miss the mark. Sin is when you cannot keep all the rules, all the standards of God. We couldn't do it. Because if you broke one, if you lied, you are a murderer. Whatever you did, if you broke one, you broke them all. You were guilty. One breaks them all. That's why when they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that was one command. That means you broke every last one of them. You didn't keep that one, so you did not meet my standards because I'm a holy God. God said, I can't even stand to look at sin. God is just that holy. So it says that Jesus... He was delivered for our offenses. They were not his, y'all. This man was innocent. But guess what? Guess who handed him over? The Bible says that in Romans 8.32, he who did not withhold or spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, God handed over, he gave his own son, who was innocent, for all of us who was in sin. See, remember I say sin is when you miss the mark, when you cannot meet God's standards. But y'all, there were transgressions too. A transgression is you know what you shouldn't do, but you do it. 
You know that you shouldn't do this, that, or the other, but you do what you know not to do. That was a transgression. He was delivered up, handed over for what we knew was right, but we choose not to do it. Then it went deeper. We know not to run a stop sign, but we run it. That's a transgression. He even paid the price for you running a stop sign, even when you didn't, you knew it was wrong. But he paid the price for that. Then it goes to iniquity. When you know what to do and you choose not to do it and you repeatedly doing what you know not to do, you done gone into iniquity. That's a repeated sin over and over. When Jesus was on the cross, he got beat and beaten and beaten for all sins. So there go your past, your present, and your future. Things that he did not deserve. God handed him over for us. But this is the thing that God showed me. And I stopped right there because I said, okay, God, Jesus died on my behalf. I can only talk about me. Jesus took on every sin that I would ever even think about doing. He done it for me. My past, my present, my future, even things I don't know that I'm going to do. He took it on, God. But the Bible told me, I got to get to this part here. When it says that he who knew no sin became sin for us. It said God made Jesus the one who had no sin. Listen to this, had no sin. Or never sinned, did not know sin. Look at this, had no sin, who did not sin, and did not know sin. This man was not a sinner. He was not acquainted to sin. He was acquainted with our weaknesses, with our sorrows, with our griefs. He walked this earth, but the Bible said, yet he did not sin. Man, isn't that awesome? Because we walk this earth Even trying to not sin, we tell a little lie. Just a little one, not big one, y'all. Just a little teeny one. We don't tell all of, we just, just a little bit. Did you take that? Well, no, I didn't, but you did. So Jesus, he didn't sin at all, y'all. There was no sin in him. He was an innocent bystander. Have y'all ever, some of us probably hadn't went through it. When somebody's life is taken. And when that life is taken, that person is guilty for taking that life. But the family know that they took that life. But the family loved God so much they went and hugged the one that took the family's life. Their loved one. Who does that? Who does that when you know that they kill your mother and father? They kill them, but when you meet up with them, you crying because you didn't mean to do it. And they're hugging you and saying, I love you. How real is that? That don't seem like that's real at all. Your mother and father is dead and they're still living. And then they have the audacity, y'all, to go to court and say, I want to pay all fines. True story. I want to pay all of their fines. This man knew he was going for life. It was two people gone. They wanted to give him the death sentence. 
But the brother of the one that got killed stood in court with the judge. He said, I got something to say. I want to pay his fines. He said, excuse me? Do you understand what you What do you mean paying a fine? And he looked at the man and went over there, the man crying. And he went over there and hugged him. He said, I forgive you. And he looked at the judge and he said, all charges. And the judge said, I haven't seen anything like this. But I'm going to dismiss. I'm going to dismiss the case. This is what Jesus did. There was no sin there. Jesus didn't sin. We did. But he gave up his life for us. But check this out. I said, wait a minute, God. I had to stop because the Holy Spirit was giving me some illumination. He said, and he gave me this illumination because my daughter always play around with me and her dad. When I tell her dad, I say, now, you can't have no more of this because, you know, you ate this right here. You don't need to eat too much of that stuff. And Ariel play and say, daddy, you a grown man. You a grown man, daddy. Egging him on. But my husband will humble himself. Why does he humble himself? Because he know he got a wife that love him. He know his wife ain't going to tell him nothing wrong. Even though that flesh is crying out, give me the cookie. So this is what God told me. He stopped me and he said, I want you to understand this. My son was in his 30s. Grown man. Could make his own decisions. He said, but when I told my son he had to lay down his life. For a world that was full of sin. Ooh, y'all got to understand. When God told me this, he gave me the verse. He said in John 10, this is why the father loves me. Because I lay down my life so that I may take it back again. No one takes it away from me. I lay it down. He said, I have the authority to lay it down. I have the authority to take it back. He said, he ain't making me do nothing that I don't. That's John 10, 17 through 18. Where am I going with this? Jesus was a grown man. But because he trusted his loving father. If his father told him you got to die. He said, yes, Lord. Where am I going? Some of us don't want to die to ourselves. Some of us don't want to crucify ourselves because we so full of pride. We want to be right all the time instead of dying to what you want. Nobody should have to tell you to lay down a fence. Nobody should have to tell you to lay down pride. Nobody should have to tell you what to do because you know your father. When you know him. You don't hold nothing in your heart because you think you're right. Jesus knew he didn't deserve to die. But because of what his father said, it didn't matter what he thought. Because he knew my father knows best. And he was being obedient. See, obedience is better than sacrifice. 
See, Jesus was in pain. He was in agony. He could feel the crucifixion even before they did the crucifixion. Why? How many of y'all have went through so much in your life that is so devastating before it even happened? You feeling the pain from it. It hasn't even happened yet. You just heard and all of a sudden your body began to cringe. You begin to say, I just can't make it no more. And it hasn't happened yet. Jesus knew his father. He was obedient to his father. So the Bible said he laid it down. He laid it down. Nobody made him. He laid it down. And then God was sharing with me, y'all. He took me back to Abraham. It's things that we read so much. But we need to stay there a little bit. And understand what God is showing us. Because everything in this Bible is for our example. It's for us to live by not just going in here and reading it. You can't just read the word. You got to live it. What's the point of of reading it and don't live it? What's the point of sending our children to school and they're not learning anything? We want them to learn. We want them to have the best. Amen. So see, Jesus, he learned from the best, which was his father. Everything that the father did, that's what he did. Everything that the father said, that's what he said. So the more time we spend with the father, we won't have, what what kind of mouth is it? Yuck mouth. Yeah, yuck mouths. Because everything that come out of your mouth that is not good communication is yuck mouth. That's not of the father. When you begin to get to know the father, I don't care how much you cuss. I don't care if you cuss like a sailor. Bleep, 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 bleep. When you get to know the father, all that's out. Why? Because the spirit of God has come in. It wasn't easy. But it was worth it. Some things you go through, it ain't easy. But it's worth it because it takes you to a place that you couldn't get to on your own. See, I'm going to Abraham. See, when we go to Abraham, it leads up to Jesus. Because Abraham had to leave everything he was familiar with. Abraham had to leave his family. He had to leave his culture. He had to leave his way of being. And when he left and he heard God, God gave him a promise. I will bless you. I will curse those who curse you. I will bless those who bless you. God was giving him a promise. So when Abraham heard, he left. But then God told him he was going to give him a son. Yo, years pass. Look like Abraham and Sarah was not going to have that son. They were getting old in age. But Abraham held on to what God told him. But Sarah, what did she tell him? Go sleep with Hagar. She gave him permission. She must have been high on some. And it wasn't on no grace either. She was high on self. That's what she was high on. Y'all ain't never been high on self and didn't think about nobody but yourself. So Abraham said, okay. I honor that request. He's probably smiled in, but he didn't smile coming out. So y'all know who came on saying Ishmael, right? 
So when Ishmael come on the scene, when it was time for Isaac to come on the scene, y'all know that he finally got his Isaac. Isaac was finally born, y'all check this, after 25 years. God had the audacity to allow Abraham them to wait until they were very old. When they couldn't even have children. That's just how God is. He's showing man, it ain't you, it's me. So here come Isaac. So guess what? Abraham had a hard decision to make because Sarah, the one that told him to sleep with Hagar, and here come Isaac. Now Sarah's saying, get rid of Isaac because he's mocking my son and we can't have two of them in the same house. Come on. How is that? Ishmael was with his father. Abraham had talked to God about that. He said, all right, now God. This woman is telling me to get rid of my son. And God said, do what she said. Mm, 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 mm. Abraham didn't fuss with God. He didn't fight with him because he knew father knows best. I don't like it. I don't understand it. This is my son, but I know what God said. So he pushed him on out. But then God gave Hagar a promise. God said, I see you. I see and I know. But I'm getting back to Isaac. After 25 years of having a son that you could not have, now God's going to turn the tables. He said, I want you to take your one and only son, and I want you to sacrifice him. Check this out. A burnt sacrifice is representing sin, y'all. He said, I want you to take him and I want you to sacrifice him. Abraham heard God and he was doing what God told him to do. Can you imagine walking with your son? And he's asking him, father, I see the wood. But where's the sacrifice? Abraham said, God will provide. Abraham had more trust in God than he did himself. So when Abraham got ready to kill his only son, God told him basically, don't touch him. Why? Because God said, I was testing you, Abraham, to see if your love was more for your son than your love was for me. Now I see that you honor me more than you honor your son. And blessing you, I'm going to bless you indeed. Because I see that you put nothing, Abraham, before me. But guess what? The son didn't fight his daddy. Y'all get it? He laid right there for his daddy to kill him. That was Jesus. Jesus didn't fight with him. He laid down his own life, y'all. For us. And we didn't deserve it. See when Jesus went to that cross. Even on the day before going to the cross. When they were coming back. To get Jesus. Coming at Jesus. And remember one of the disciples cut off the ear of the soldier. Jesus told him. That's not basically the way we do things. If you live by the sword you're going to die by the sword. Jesus put the ear back on. See, everything that Jesus do, that's what we supposed to do. Jesus did no wrong, y'all. 
We did the wrong. He did nothing wrong. But he got on that cross for us. He paid the price for all of our sins. Not just one. But all of our sins. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. And you get that eternal life through. There's no other that you can get it from but Jesus. See, we think that this world have everything that we need. We think because we live in good houses, we drive fancy cars, we got clothes, we got money in the bank, everybody in the family as well. We live in a good life. No, you're not. No, you're not. It may appear to be like you live in a good life, but if your soul is required of you tonight, where would you be? See, we got to recognize all of these things are going to pass away. When we die, we leaving it for someone else to have. Not unless it's a debt on it. They ain't getting it either. Y'all better understand if mom and daddy leave all this and it's debt on it and you can't pay for it, you still ain't got none. Enjoy it for a good 30 days until they get everything settled. They're going to come pull it away. Now I'm just being truthful. Work hard for 20 or 30 years and then when mom and daddy leave, you think you living in their house? If it got a mortgage, no you're not. That's why you can't live by what's on this earth. He said heaven and earth is going to pass away. But my word is going to be the only thing that stands. You're not living a good life, living the way you living in sin. Jesus done away with what was keeping you from the Father. It was sin. If people go to hell, it is not because of sin. It is because of rejecting the one who paid the price for the sin. Jesus, the Bible said, and this is the most important thing I want you to remember. It says that. God demonstrated his love. He proved his love. How did God do it? First of all, he gave his son. His one and only son that didn't deserve to die. He gave him up for us. Jesus laid down his life. But it says, while we were yet sinners. That means he didn't wait on us to change. He died in advance. That's what love does. That's why when we look at John, um, John 3, 16, for God so loved, it didn't say man. We giving man more love than we giving God. For God so loved the world. We talking about God's love for the world. He loved the world so much. He gave something so dear to him, which was his son, because it was nobody in this world that could meet his standards. So he had to come off of his throne and he had to live as a mere man to show us how we should be living here on earth. Everything that we need to know about on earth and how to live, we can go in the Bible and see what Jesus done and how he lived. And that's how we supposed to be. So he loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. So the cross is based on love. Everything is based on love, y'all. And if you don't get to know love, you don't know God. 
Because if you don't love, you don't know God. Because God is love. We say we love, but when we hold grudges, that's not love. Hello, somebody. When we're unforgiving, that's not love. Because when Jesus was on that cross, he didn't say a word. Can you imagine being on a cross and you innocent? They mocking you. They talking about you. They ridiculing you. And you know none of the stuff is true. They lying on you. But he was scratch wide. That's why the Bible say we need to know the breadth, the length, the height and depth of his love. His love is so wide that it covered the whole world. His love is so deep. His love is so high. It's high above anything that we can imagine. He said, until you get to know my love, you're going to stay in your anger. You're going to stay in your offense. You're going to stay in unforgiveness. You still going to make it about you. You want to be high and lifted up. You don't want to see people looking at you in a different light. So you just focus on you. He didn't focus on him. He gave himself up for us. So when you're going through, you need to look at somebody else instead of looking at yourself. You need to say, God, though I've got pain in my body, somebody worse off than me. I know you're my healer, but I'm sending a word to them for them to be healed today. That's love. We need to know what love truly is when we take our eyes off of us. Lord, I may not be eating a steak tonight, but I'm eating chicken. But there may be somebody that don't have chicken. So, Lord, I give you glory. Jesus stayed on that cross in pain and in agony. Because God said every sin that anyone would ever commit, he put it all on Jesus. So Jesus had to take the sin of the whole world, not just you. He took on the whole world, the murderers, the ones that's going out, the rapists. He took on sins of the robbers, the liars. He took on every sin that some sins we don't even know about until they happen. We're like, what? That really happened? Jesus took that upon himself. Why? He said, because his sin was separating you from my God. And God didn't want that separation no more. So God wanted us to come back to him. And the only way he could do it was get rid of sin. What am I telling you? In order for us to come to God the way we need to, in prayer, in song. When we teach, whatever we do, we got to move these blockers. Now, I'm going to Lazarus. Everybody is so familiar with Lazarus. You know, Lazarus, Jesus loved Lazarus. He found out that Lazarus was sick unto death. They called for Jesus, but Jesus stayed where he was. This is John 11. By the time Jesus got to Lazarus, we know that Lazarus was dead. And this is what Martha said to him and Lazarus in 11, 21. Martha said unto Jesus, see, we got to be able to talk to him. 
We got to be able to be real with him. If we can't be real with him, we can't even be real with ourselves. Because God already know your thoughts are far off. He know your heart. Martha said unto Jesus, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother would not have died. Because she knew at the time when Jesus wasn't there, he was sick. She knew that if Jesus was on the scene, he would have been healed. That's what she was saying. She said he would have been healed. He wouldn't have died if you had been here. Because she knew he was a healer. She knew him as a healer. Some of us may know him as a healer. We may know him as a provider. But God said, I want you to know how well-rounded I am in every area. Don't just know me in one area. I need for you to know me in all areas because you don't know what's going to pop up. That's why you need to spend time for me. Just because your finances is okay, you need to make sure your physical is okay. You need to invite the spiritual into everything that you do in your life. But then she said this. She said, but I know. Even now, whatsoever thou were asked of God, God will give it to thee. So she let him know this. Even though you weren't there to heal my brother, I'm not holding that against you because I know you. I know that no matter what, I can still come to you and you can still ask your father and he will give it to you. See, she had a relationship in spite of her brother. She had a relationship and then Jesus responded. He said he will rise again. See, she didn't know this part of him. That's why you have to be in communion with him to know every aspect about him. Not just going to him all the time saying, give me, give me. My name is Jimmy looking for money. You want to just go to him and sit down and talk to him and be at his feet and listening to what he has to say and take you out of and say, you know, by the way, daddy, I'm not coming today to get nothing. Why should I come get something I already have? He said, I want you to come to me knowing what you already have and just thank me for what you already have and leave satisfied. So she, he said, thy brother shall rise again. And Martha said, Unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. This is the part she didn't know. He said, I am the resurrection. She was getting him, getting to know him as the one that raised the dead. Because resurrection means to raise from the dead. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. I'm the one that raised up from the dead and gives Zoe unto those the eternal life that they don't have, which is from God. God's way of living, God's way of being. That's who I am. See, some of us don't know that he is the resurrection and the life. Because when things go on in our life, he's in us. The resurrection is in us. So. When he told her that, the next part he said was, hmm, he that believe in me, though he was dead, yet he shall live. This is what he was talking about. He said, though a person die, he said, they still live on. When your loved one, that body is in that casket, that's a body. They still living. They don't die. Everlasting life mean everlasting life. A life that ceased not to exist. But then he said, even those that are alive, you are still living. Why? Because you have eternal life here on earth, even while you're alive. So Jesus was letting them know, either way, you're going to live. 
Either way, you're going to live. I'm not about death. I'm about life. I come to give you life and life more abundantly. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and and that's what people are going after. They don't want this life. At least some people don't. The life that he gives, no man on earth can give it. Because the life that he gave was to die. He had to die first. So what is God saying to us today? If Jesus had not rose, we would not be acquitted. None of our sins would have been forgiven if he had not risen. If Jesus had not rose, then our faith would be in vain. If Jesus had not rose, the dead in Christ would not rise. If Jesus had not rose, we would not be in right standing with God. So he had to rise. Because if he didn't, everything he died for would be nothing. So what is this saying to us? Now that he's risen. Every day should be a resurrection in our lives. Meaning that everywhere we go, we should let people know he's alive in me. And we should be presenting him to others by the life that we live. So we need to understand that he wants people to know, I want to be amongst the living. And not the dead. So start living this life in Christ. The way it should be lived according to him. And not according to ourselves. Number one. You got to die. That means no matter how much pain you going through. You got to get rid of you. No matter how many people has hurt you. You got to get rid of you. It ain't about you. It's about what he done for you. Your new life now is in Christ. It ain't about how you feel. Yes, God care about how you feel, but don't make it about you every day. We make it about him. We live according to him and people will see him. They will see that he has risen. That he is alive in us. And the most important thing is. Love covers a multitude of sin. See, I can forgive you because the love of God in me compels me to forgive you because he forgave me. How can I hold a grudge against you and he didn't hold it against me? See, I do what he done. Anybody that's still in unforgiveness... You don't know his love. Anyone that's still in offense, you don't know his love. Anyone that can't say I'm sorry and really mean it from the heart, you don't know his love. And then he shared this with me. Any man or woman that has come together in marriage and adultery try to separate you and you go for the adultery, you don't know his love. Because when you know his love, men, you will love your wife 
the way Christ loved the church, you would lay down adultery. You wouldn't go into adultery. If you remember what he done for you, you wouldn't do what you're doing. Because he done it so you can have a life and have that life more abundantly. It's time to live the life he has given us. That abundant life, there's no sickness in it. When we know his love, we don't have to accept sickness because he took it. When we know his love, we don't have to accept being without because he took on all of that. Get to know his love and you would not be in you because it's not about you. It's what he done on your behalf. He took it all for us. And he has risen. And the question I want to ask you, has he risen in you? You know this day by day by what you do and how you do it. Amen. So today, I'm going to say that those that do not know him as your Lord and Savior, I'm saying today is Now is the time of salvation. You can't wait until tomorrow. You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. But now is the time of salvation. Jesus made the way for you. He made the way. He paid the price. The price has already been paid. Only thing you have to do is accept what he's already done. And then once you accept what he's already done, you accept and you saying, I thank you, Father, that Jesus died for my sins. I thank you, Father, that he was buried. I thank you, God, that he did rise again on the third day. God, I believe all of that in my my heart, and I confess it with my mouth. And once you do that, you are saved. You are born again. You do have a new life in Christ. But now you got to know about this new life. The more you get to know about the new life in Christ, you will turn away from that old. Because guess what? You got a new heart. The heart that you have in you now is her heart filled with love. God's love is shed abroad in your heart through the Holy Ghost. Amen. And if you're not loving the way you need to love, it's because you're blocking that love through your hate. You're blocking that love through your unforgiveness. But God's love is there. And it's time for us to accept everything that he's done for us and quit trying to do something for him to get him to do something for you. The only thing you got to do is accept what he has done. Is there anybody today that know deep down inside that you need him more than you need anyone else? Hallelujah. Everybody's where they need to be. Amen. Amen. We give God glory. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise.